0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to our daily live stream. We're here at our HQ in Ottawa covering the Emergency Inquiry Act. I have to the right of me my co host. This is Alexa Lavois. How are you doing today, Alexa? I'm pretty
1: good. It was a really interesting day. I would say we have a lot to talk about today.
0: Absolutely. And to my left, we have guests tonight. This is Freedom Corp lawyer. This is Eva Cipiuk. Eva, how are you doing tonight?
2: Very well. Thanks so much.
0: Very good. So today we saw a couple of very, very interesting things. Uh, it was Christia Freeland. Obviously, you're going to wonder, what did Freeland say? What went on? In terms of the policies, we saw some of that come out with her deputy ministers. That was very interesting. What were some of the main takeaways, do you think, today from the beginning of uh, Freeland's testimony?
2: So, um, with Deputy Minister Freeland, not surprisingly, we heard about the freezing of the bank accounts and economic impact. But the extent to which she talked about electric vehicles and uh, the border crossings and even The war in Ukraine, I thought I was at the wrong hearing for a while. So I I think a lot of people felt that way. And um, I'm excited to talk about the credibility of the commission today, because that's certainly something that uh, was very surprising that that's not should never be on parties that are a bit adverse to um, the party to say that, but that's on commission council to rein it in, and for the commissioner to rein it in. Um, I I honestly am not certain, and I think the rest of Canada is not certain what Deputy uh, Minister Freeland was talking about today when she came to talk about the justification of invoking the Emergencies Act. I, at least 90% of what she talked about had nothing to do with why we were here today. Waste of time and waste of money for Canadians, in my opinion.
0: You're absolutely right. Um, It was really difficult. Also, I'd like to note, if you're keeping up with my live tweeting today, I did tweet at one point, just to give a little bit of a breakdown of the commission. I like to give people little folks of like how the overall feeling is, the vibe, what's going on in the room. People were literally under their breath Um, insulting her and it was it was loud and it was blatant like I wouldn't be surprised if some at some point that she was able to hear these things too Um, but regardless of that and her um, inability to actually complete her sentences let's go and throw to clip number one so this is a little bit of a breakdown about um, how the freezing initially took place in regards to people's bank bank accounts that were affected for actually being a part of this lawful um, protest so let's throw to clip one Yeah, that'll be number one, the prelude.
3: A bank or other financial service provider will be able to immediately freeze or suspend an account without a court order. In doing so, they will be protected against civil liability for actions taken in good faith. Federal government institutions will have a new broad authority to share relevant information with banks and other financial service providers to ensure that we can all work together to put a stop to the funding of these illegal blockades. This is about following the money. This is about stopping the financing of these illegal blockades. We are today serving notice. If your truck is being used in these illegal blockades, your corporate accounts will be frozen. The insurance on your vehicle will be suspended. Send your semi-trailers home. The Canadian economy needs them to be doing legitimate work, not to be illegally making us all poorer. So I think that's a really good reminder. Yeah, I just wanted to read
0: one quote: "They will be protected from civil li- uh, liability for actions taken in good faith." What was your take on that? Again, hearing this for the second time and then being able to compare this to what we heard in the commission today is really important to note. So, but I would say that she
1: looked like less sad than than when she was talking about the electric battery car. <laughs> she almost cried when she was talking about it, but um, she was also aware that probably small amount of account bank account will be probably frozen and so it's 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 a concern that she had but why doing this measure if you knew that some really i would say on the middle wage like family will mm. have their bank account frozen and the family for some was not even involved with the the protest in ottawa they were back home and without access to money so i think um this was a pretty bad bad action
0: would you say that the civil liberties of those affected by this insane announcement were actually kept
2: Well, so um, one thing that she had gone on nauseam about today was about how the economy of Canada was affected. And we know that that was not what was found earlier in the commission. The financial department um, analysis showed that there was a limited impact on any blockades on the borders, because if we th- look at the facts, the facts are that it wasn't even five days at Windsor, it was about 10 trucks, I don't recall, it was minuscule. school. And why are we going on and talking about this, like, all of a sudden, five trucks affected the entire entire economy of Canada. Mm -hmm. If we're that um, at risk, then we certainly have a problem that we should be addressing. The problem of the economy is not anything the government of Canada should be pointing fingers at anybody else except for themselves. For two years, they locked down companies. They enforced vaccine mandates on border travel. And what was shown today too, is that on two different um, documents, one being freelance own notes, and also from the Canadian Truckers Association, they confirmed that the number of truckers was not uh, unvaccinated truckers was not 10% like the federal government was parading around during the convoy. It was 40% 40% were unvaccinated. And that, you know, who gave, also gave that evidence? So three people confirmed this. That would be Chris Barber, trucker himself, who said that he's been in the business for a long time. He can see the impact that vaccine mandate was having. And this government will not look in the mirror at itself and will point the finger at innocent Canadians. And it is getting nauseous and it's getting frustrating.
0: It is, isn't it? I mean, and then to hear, so she had the opposite opinion today when she said that that's not something that they wanted to do and she didn't intend for it to happen, but then they take 10 steps backwards afterwards and then they try and, you know, throw to how it wasn't a protest and it was an illegal occupation. She actually corrected herself today on the record. She started by saying something regarding the protest, the convoy. She called it a protest. She stopped, she threw her hands up and she made like a insane noise and she was like sorry the illegal occupation
2: yeah so a couple things too i want to say before i forget because and, and that's touching on but before mm-hmm. we go there the other thing was that um uh okay no we're going there because i forgot my other point <laughs> <Do it. laughs> but when she was talking about so hard even to talk about so just give me one second
0: i got you yeah
2: when she's walking through the the protest and she gives and she goes, ah, I'm gonna give an example when she was threatened <laughs> because she's a woman.
0: That's right. That's
2: right. And there was a woman trucker that looked at her and said something inappropriate or mean and gave her some kind of gesture. I don't know. We didn't know what it was. The middle finger, maybe. <laughs> if this is what we're invoking the emergencies act over, what on earth is happening in Canada. Like if she actually provided an example of threatening behavior, then fine. But for her to say, yeah, somebody is frustrated with you, Christia, and so am I right now. Um, And people can express themselves, or I'm sorry, do you want to take away people's liberty and right to express themselves, Uh, especially to elected officials? Like that was so... Hard to watch, and then she congratulated herself for having uh, RCMP protective services and how great they were to be around. Yeah, you get protective services, and Canadians are paying for it. So don't tell me, don't come go on to this inquiry and cry about it because you have protection. People don't like you, like, <laughs> deal with it. I don't know what to say, it's insane.
1: I would say, hopefully for her, she was not at my situation at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Because she will have claimed, I don't know, like, I don't know what she will have done. Can you imagine
0: uh, though, actually, can you imagine if any of the politicians or even any of the police officers on the ground were treated like not just the journalist sitting beside me, but (laughs) I won't give an exact number because I I don't want to be inaccurate, but of the very, very, very many instances that we've seen them use brutal force, can you imagine if, (sighs) if Christia Freeland thinks that invoking the emergency, act was a dignified move to make because so. Someone flipped her the bird yeah. and said that they didn't like her. Yeah. Now thinking You're right. We've about got a it, problem.
2: Yeah, just thinking about it now. It's like, oh, somebody said something. Mean. Go beat them up. Like that's <laughs> what we're yeah. seeing here. Um,
1: yeah. uh, I, I just wanted to add to mm-hmm. um, add an honor. Mm-hmm. Um, ask um, Christian say, You would agree that the reduction of truck driver crossing the border when they are already supply chain issue could have an effect. And she answered something and she answered afterwards. I don't agree with the assertion that the vaccine mandate themselves cause problems for our supply chain. I found that so outrageous because we just heard that 40% mm-hmm. of the truck driver yeah. was
2: not vaccinated. So how this will not eff- affect the supply chain. No, it's because they're perfect. The federal government (laughs) and everything they do is perfect, but anything Canadians do is wrong because it's apparently the Canadians that are doing everything wrong, but the federal government is untouchable. Like It's so ridiculous to have to listen to this. 100%. You know, I want to throw it a clip five. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to
0: hear her saying that she would have preferred not to have done this, referring to freezing people's bank accounts. But again, we listened to her deputy ministers yeah. testify. They had no problem doing these things. In fact, they were aware of the potential ramifications of freezing people's bank accounts when it came to the imp- the, the effects that it could have on their families, um, on people's children. It's not just, and she mentioned, this as well it's not just freezing one bank account it's mm-hmm. in fact the people that share those bank accounts and they knew that they could be joint accounts it didn't matter but it can actually like put the trap for electric car
1: oh yeah
2: oh and she was crying too because <laughs> i remember that ah, like, oh,
0: i remember her crying today well i think it
2: was that or that like people the bank ceos were calling her <laughs> oh poor poor freelance. Oh, Freelance. Yeah. Oh, yeah, poor.
0: Yeah. For background, just before we throw <laughs> to clip five, she started actually tearing up and crying after taking about. It was like within ten seconds of her talking about electric car batteries, and she literally just was like tearing up, crying, and then just as suddenly as it happened, she was totally normal. <laughs> I'm confused. Anyway, let's go. Clip five. Let's yeah. play that.
3: He needed to be balanced against an awareness. Of the number of people who would be protected by this action. So, those were the things that I chiefly had in mind. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, it was something like 280 accounts frozen. Um, one of the reports I remember when we were at like 240 or 241 accounts frozen, my numbers won't be exact, but I know you guys have all the numbers too, it was something like 57 people when we were at around 240. So I don't have the exact figure of how many actual people when we were at 280, but I think we have an idea of the ballpark. And so in my mind, I say, okay, that I, I regret that that happened to those people. I really do. I would have preferred, it was a serious thing. I would have preferred not to have had to do this. But in my mind, I weigh that against what I really believe is the tens, hundreds of thousands of Canadian jobs and families that we protected.
0: So what did you make of that? I mean, you're shaking
2: your head. I'm shaking my head. What's your take? She she has so many different ways of protecting Canadians. And uh, freezing bank accounts is not how I see any government protecting Canadians. It's punishment. It's not protection. Uh, you can't work word salad your way around that one, Freeland.
1: Um, yeah. Um, I would say uh, also, she said that Fox News did attack them on the bank account i don't know if you can like throw the clip then i think it's pretty really interesting and i'm wondering what fox news will say about
0: this oh god let's go yeah this is uh <laughs> i mean i think it's really interesting to assume that you're not going to be criticized from well your neighbors right the yeah. u.s they don't use in canada huh? because all <laughs> the media are just telling the same narrative
1: not the independent
0: though mm-hmm. let's roll that
1: Ms. Fox. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
3: Specifically okay. what, how the Terry Fox statue was yeah. implicated in this, but I do remember uh, okay. reading about it. And I remember, I, do, I remember it specifically because my children were aware of it and okay. were upset.
4: Right. And so I went online and I just looked at how many times someone's done that to that statute and it seems to be hundreds. So I'm just going to put this one to you. If someone puts an LGBTQ flag on the Terry Fox statute and flowers in the statute, is that a desecration?
3: I am not going to go into, I really don't think it's my job or helpful for Canadians for me to go into a discussion of what is okay and not Okay. But you've said it was a desecration,
4: when you've called it a desecration in public, that was what you're referring to, based on what was put on the statute. So is it fair to say that it's only a desecration to you if you don't agree with the message?
3: Again, you've made a couple of leaps beyond anything that I've said.
0: So was, that wasn't, yeah, that yeah, wasn't was specifically the clip, clip. But it was however. interesting. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really worth noting the fact that there's such a double standard. Yep. I was here and so was Alexa mm-hmm. in Ottawa when uh, there was the alleged desecration of the Terry yep. Fox statue because somebody decided to put yep. a Canadian flag around Terry Fox, uh, which uh, I believe Terry Fox would have uh, not minded at all. Would you I, think?
1: I did a report on that,
0: actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on the Terry Fox statue. Yeah. And then the background on that is that during um, some particular other protests or parades, like um, when Pride rolled around 100 times a year now. Um, People throw those pride flags over top of him. They do other things as well, but that's not considered desecrating the statue. So there's a huge double standard here. Apparently, um, using Canadian flags is uh, now a symbol of terrorism, according to these deputy ministers and ministers in the Liberal Cabinet so that was a mouthful but before eva goes well, oh yeah yeah i just want to
2: comment too on what you were you you did want to throw to it or like <laughs> what was going on in the states because that is an important point and, and brendan did um put that to her in cross-examination because what he did say is that canada on the on the world stage is going down in accountability and transparency mm-hmm day year by year yeah and that is the reason that people are getting hesitant to invest in Canada it's not again because a few trucks um were around the uh bridge and holding things up a little bit they didn't even fully blockade it as we figured out if and if they can't control their country and citizens it's and I should even refrain that they shouldn't be controlling their citizens. They are not being accountable and transparent. Mm -hmm. And so Canadians are getting frustrated, as is the rest of the world. So they're not interested in investing. It's not because of what a few people in Canada did, but the eyes of the world have been open to what is going on in Canada. And this can lead us into the transparency as as well, if you'd like to talk about other transparency. Oh my God. Yes. We have a
1: lot of, to talk about transparency today. A hundred percent. Especially
0: with the redact uh, document that we saw. Yeah. It was kind of uh... So yeah, there is a... Um, Olivia, this is the the Dropbox link. So I wanted... Eva to talk about this because mm-hmm. she's a lawyer. She's, so she's going to break this down. We were listening. It was Miller time. Um, and this is actually part of the second testimony that we saw. This was a panel of three, uh, these three individuals work, uh, directly with Justin Trudeau. This is a uh, Katie Telford, um, Crow and, um, someone else. Yeah. The people, <laughs> just some people that work for PM Trudeau. Um, but in any case, um, it was very important, the things that happen, um, If that's ready, Olivia, we can throw to that. If not, then Eva, you can talk about it. Yes. All right, let's roll that clip then.
4: Before I begin, uh, I have an issue that I need to address. Uh, As you know, and I've made applications several times, uh, the disclosure in the record is entirely deficient. We've been trying to deal with these redactions. There's still redactions for parliamentary privilege, which the government has not removed. Uh, There's no legal basis for, as you've already ruled, to redact any document on the basis of parliamentary privilege. Uh, There's also uh, the issue, uh, as I've re-raised by email as well, um, the issue with the notes of this witness. uh, The process that was used in dealing with that uh, needs to be reassessed. Uh, These are important witnesses. I need rulings and so does everyone here. The rulings on the redactions are so important and, for example, uh, Ms. Jodie Thomas testified um, and said that she supported the invocation of the Emergencies Act, but there's a note that we got after we fought for the one redaction we got that said Jody Thomas did not. And it was put up on the screen. It was notes taken. It had one Section 39 redaction on it. So if that's a cabinet document, we can assume cabinet knew about it. And it states that Section 2, no violence, and they were trying to come up with a way how to make this work anyway. That would have been very helpful to have when she was on the stand under oath. This is happening constantly. There is thousands. Of documents that, I, the DOJ is
5: If you can, I, I'm not looking for a speech. I...
4: Oh, no, I was just, the, the document went down. I'm not done. I apologize. So thank you. So, and I understand that there was a consideration of a public welfare emergency, right? That's very different than a public order emergency. You know that. There doesn't have to be a Section 2 security threat, right? And
6: Are you talking about, I'm not sure when you're talking about it. You or were talking, talking about,
4: about from COVID because you said it was under consideration then.
6: They did look at the Emergencies Act at that time and there was a public call for that at the time and it was determined um, because the Prime Minister was very reluctant as he was during the occupation uh, this past February to invoke it and um, so there's been conversations on various occasions about the Emergencies Act
4: over time. So when that note's taken on February 4th, 2022. Are you saying that you're talking about it in relation to COVID?
6: I genuinely don't know what this note is, as I've already said to you a few times.
4: Okay, so if I can scroll up or down, or up, please, or down, we'll go down, down's fine. Okay, so that says flag to KT, February 10th, And it's written in there that this is irrelevant. What does that mean? Why is it irrelevant? Do you know? So I don't know. I don't
6: know specifically, but I don't know either. I, I could surmise that flag to Katie means it's probably a bit of a to-do list of things she wanted to flag to me okay. that were obviously
4: deemed irrelevant to what we are talking about today. Okay. And could we scroll down again? And this one where it says staff blockade. Right? And then it has. Section 39 invoked. Do you know what that means?
6: I don't know why they invoked it there.
4: Right. And so I take it when you were having this phone call, there was no one else present on the phone other than you and Miss Jackson, was there? I don't believe that this is a phone call any longer. Well, if we scroll back up, this is the second page. it's the yes, way it it's said flag oh, to Katie at the top. Flag to Katie. Okay. And so on February 10th, Do you remember if Ms. Jackson was in a meeting with Cabinet?
6: She is not normally in meetings
4: with Cabinet. So how could Section 39's Cabinet Confidence? So how can... So this is the problem. Those are my questions.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I like how you just leave. (laughs) But, yeah, we'd love to know, like, a little bit more information about why it's important that this was redacted and it should not be?
2: Well, it's, yeah, it certainly, we let's just start talking about accountability and transparency because that's where we ended off. And, in my opinion, that is the reason that Canadians are getting frustrated with Canada. Investors outside of Canada are getting frustrated with Canada because of the lack of transparency and accountability by Canada, by the government of Canada. And we're seeing it so clearly in this inquiry. So what we these are do, some of the documents that the government of Canada has submitted. Um, And as you heard last week, or it was earlier this week when, you know, that's infamously when Brendan was asked to leave is he was making, asking that these motions that we've been demanded that they be made written. Mm -hmm. And he was waiting for a ruling on the redaction because when it's made written, nobody knows about it in Canada. Yeah, This is on live television. You've got lawyers for everybody on call, uh, there's six government lawyers at times that can address these things on the spot. That's what lawyers do. To request that parties do motions in writing is absurd to begin with, in my opinion. Yeah, because we don't have the time for that. We're in these hearings all day, every day. So when are you expected to write a motion and then you wait for a ruling? Oral motions make the most sense in this kind of setting. So that's what he was trying to do that day with Alex Cohen. say so he he said he's in the room. I'd like to bring him as a witness. And at that time, Commissioner Rulo makes a decision. What happens though is that when you make a decision, any decision Commissioner Rulo makes is judicially reviewable. So we could take it to the court and then ask the court to decide whether or not that decision mm. was proper. Interesting. When we don't have a decision, yeah. you can't go to court and ask for an opinion. So it's, you know, we seem to be running the clock here. And the government of Canada has been excellent not to provide a very clear and transparent disclosure of documents. So you saw one of the notes there, half of it blanked out. This is from an assistant to Katie Telford. This isn't even Katie Telford's notes herself. And as Katie Telford said, she's not normally, probably never in a cabinet meeting. So why on earth is there a redaction that says section 39? That's cabinet confidence. She has, there's no basis for that. And with respect to irrelevance, it's a decision of the opposite. There's a negative inference for that one. There's also solicitor-client privilege on so many of the documents. Mm-hmm. And when lemedi was up yesterday, he asked whether you gave uh, instructions or talk to your client about waiving the solicitor-client privilege. Yeah, And he said on the stand, it's very weird for a lawyer to be on the stand. Yes, we know Lametti. Keith Wilson yeah. was on the stand, <laughs> but we have nothing to hide. So our clients were comfortable waiving yeah. solicitor-client privilege to hear what the advice was from the lawyers. But this is especially concerning for Canadians when now they're changing the legal definition of national security threat, and they're hiding behind solicitor-client privilege. It's appalling. And Canada, the federal government needs to be called out on this. This is zero transparency. And the frustration that we have is the commission is allowing it to happen. Mm -hmm. They should be making rulings. you know, they, they, Canada puts in tons of documents and council has raised, you know, why are these documents going in? Well, we got them. So we're putting them in. That's not how it works. Yeah, They have $19 million. They have 20 lawyers. You can make decisions. That's why you're here. You didn't come here just to accept, just to sit around and watch. I think you came here to, um, Structure a process and ensure that the mandate of the commission is fulfilled. And right now it's questionable whether or not that's being fulfilled. Can we say that it's a bit, I would say, unlawful to do that? Well, you know, I I don't know what the consequences are. It's certainly not fulfilling the mandate of the commission. So why Mm -hmm. are we going through this? Again, this is a lot of money for Canadians and those participating. And one thing I could like just if you just think about it for a second, this is why the federal government justified the Emergencies Act. Who was on the stand the longest? <laughs> Former chief <laughs> slowly, on a municipal level. He wasn't even the chief at the time that it was enacted, or he was he resigned or whatever that day. Why on earth? was he on the stand for two days and commissioner lucky was on for, I don't know, what was it? Six hours, five hours. This,
0: this is really good. Um,
2: I just want to say thank you for
0: breaking that down. And I'm sure that the viewers, uh, find it very, very helpful as well, but it, it goes as uh, to exactly what you were saying. Mm -hmm. It's their job to put structure into this process. And I have not gotten the sense as of late that there has been much structure at all, especially when you mentioned that they're supposed to be able to give rulings so that that can be um, looked over again, right? Looked over again. But if you can't, like you said, if you can't actually make a decision, if you can't do that, you can't, you can't go anywhere from that. No decisions can be made based off of
2: rulings that haven't been, Mm -hmm. (laughs) haven't been decided on. And like I said, it's just absurd to have to do it in writing when all the lawyers are there and the decision maker is there, and we're on a tight timeline. Like yes. we've heard this yeah. over and over. Oh yeah. And like, why don't we talk about Amber Heard trial for a moment and Johnny Depp because <laughs> that was on national news. And yeah, what they did though, and it was very smart yeah. the way they managed it because they did evidence every day which the public was allowed to see, mm-hmm. and then Friday or Saturday or whatever they had no cameras in the courtroom. And they did procedural matters. Mm -hmm. So, why aren't we doing that? We're all here or on Zoom. That was something that the commission could have set forward so that when procedural issues come up, you're not getting shut down like Brendan was on Tuesday. He's trying to make a motion. But what was more important, the schedule, not the truth, not getting all of the information out, not accountability, not transparency, but the schedule mm-hmm.
1: i have the impression that they had to do it because it's written like to do, to hold like a public um or yes emergency commission and the, i just have the impression that they just want to get rid of it and say that we were right to invoke the emergency
3: mm-hmm.
2: it's done we prove it bye and we did this process and that was part of Freeland today well we live in such a great we live in such a place like the way it was, such a slow paced <laughs> talk as well. But she was commending mm-hmm. the process of the commission. Like, yeah. you can't commend it when now we're seeing the holes in it mm-hmm. that the disclosure was came late, inadequate, um, purposely done. And the government is known to do this, but this was a government decision. And if we need if we're going to hold our government to account, and if they're going to, if they believe they made the right decision, then they should be able to prove that to Canada. And they have not come to the table uh, with good faith, in my view. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: I have just a question for you. Do you think that if they finally prove that it was an excess of views of to uh, invoke the Emergencies Act, I think...
2: Not only just Trudeau should resign, but Christian Friedan too. I I think I think this has uncovered a lot of problems in our government, in uh, not just federally, but um, municipally and provincially, and with the policing. And one thing that frustrated me throughout this whole process is the thing we probably heard the most about is that. They didn't have enough resources. And I don't think you could keep demanding more resources if you're ineffective or incompetent. And I think that's what we've been seeing. So you could keep taking millions and millions of dollars from Canadians, but if you are not effective and you're not competent, you're going to get nowhere.
0: And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That was Eva Chipiuk. We have to throw to an ad break soon, but I want to thank you so much for coming on and for explaining that. That was not only helpful yep. to so many other people, but honestly very helpful to me as yep. well. So thank you again. And uh, I know that we'll see you soon and I will see you tomorrow. So <laughs> oh, yes,
7: <laughs> <laughs> let's
0: throw to that ad break and we will be right back.
7: Oh, hey guys, have you checked out our Rebel News store lately? You really should, because we're always adding fun things into the store. As the news changes, I guess so does the merchandise. We've got something for everybody. We've got a great selection of pro-trucker merchandise, like this excellent Hong Kong shirt right here that will surely drive all your liberal friends and relatives absolutely crazy, although I don't think the trip is all that far. But right now, in the store, this is my very favourite T-shirt, and I know T-shirts. Free Tamara in support of Convoy leader Tamara Leach as she is treated like a common terrorist by Justin Trudeau's government for her role in the peaceful weeks-long street party against COVID mandates in Ottawa. I've got great news, though. If you can't decide which shirt is your favourite, because right now at rebelnewsstore.com, you can use the coupon code FALL, F-A-L-L, and buy two t-shirts and get 25% off. And as always, shipping is free. So head on over to rebelnewsstore.com, pick your two favorite T-shirts and save 25%. Thanks. And remember, free Tamara.
1: Freedom in 2022 is certainly about being able to make free choices for ourselves and for our family who we believe are the best. We have seen so much suffering over the last two years, people who die alone in terrible condition, people losing dream jobs, polarized families, and a society that insult and yell at each other for making a different medical choice. But people have risen, and it will be true them that the future will have an important meaning for all of you, but especially for the next generation. News has been present at every step of this great challenge, but so many other pioneers whom you could meet and hear at our great conference about freedom for our beautiful country, which is Canada. This conference, which will be held in Calgary and Toronto, will show you the faces of the influence of freedom that you have seen over the past two years. You don't want to miss this. So get your ticket now at ribbonnewslive.com and it will be a pleasure to see you there and meet you in large numbers. It's time to drop these masks and let the truth shine.
7: Have you checked out the Rebel News store lately? We're always adding new stuff and just in time for Christmas, we've added some very fun trucker Christmas stuff. I cannot wait to get some for myself, but also for my family. And actually I can get the shirt I want for myself for free. And so can you with our new coupon code. The coupon code is CHRISTMAS. And if you buy two unisex shirts, you get the third one for yourself for free. Just go to rebelnewsstore.com, coupon code CHRISTMAS to buy two shirts and get your third one free. And
0: we're back, ladies and gentlemen, with Yankee coming in from Florida. Just before we begin, I want to get some housekeeping out of the way. We have our final Rebel Live event here for 2022 in Calgary this Saturday on November 26th. There are still tickets available. I will be there. Lots of the other Rebel crew will be there as well. You'll hear from, of course, our Rebel commander, Ezra Levant. We have Sheila Gunn-Reed, our editor-in-chief. And then we have some friends like from the Western Standard, like Derek Fildebrandt or um, the true north with andrew lawton um it's going to be fantastic so you can go and grab your tickets at rebelnewslive.com secure your spot come hang out with some freedom loving people now yankee you watch hey. the commission the entire day is that is that fair to say <laughs>
8: uh, entire, I, 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 that would be too much but um i did watch ninety uh, percent of it um yeah. i watched a lot of it and in all not just today, but I've been watching it pretty much throughout. I've skipped a few hours there, here, or there. Um, I but while I'm working, I'm watching it. And today, this side, it's in Sheila's and Tom. I'll come <laughs> on and have a, and talk about it a bit. Um,
0: yeah, tell me what was your biggest yeah. takeaway then? 100%. My, my, mm-hmm.
8: my biggest takeaway was the Fox News thing where they're like bashing <laughs> Fox. News. Yeah. Uh, and I know we mentioned earlier that we're going to show it. So, so I believe it's clip 10. Let's show it and yeah. then we'll talk. 100%. Not the Tabor Fox tattoo.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and the Fox News reference there is especially significant because many Canadian banks have significant operations in the United States. And so having Fox News attack you isn't a problem only because Canadians might be watching, but if you have a big US operation, it's a problem because your American customers will be watching. And I I do think that was, a a problem that was legitimate to raise and and I was concerned about it. And the Fox News reference. Well, that was fun. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, break it down Yankee, break it down.
8: (laughs) uh, So I'll break it down first by saying, I do live in Florida, as you know, I'm a dual citizen and I actually had a TD Canadian account and a US account, it was cross border banking, everything was nice and easy amazing yeah. uh but when the convoy happened i actually started to cancel my td account um mm-hmm. i know in the u.s and open a local bank i was like i don't trust td because i read the ea back then and it said any companies doing business in canada need to follow now i didn't mm-hmm. think it will happen but i was like you know i'm not i'm not taking any chances <sighs> and yeah. i you know and 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 that's what they were talking about, and it's like I didn't see it on Fox. I I saw it when Chrystia Freeland announced the EA, and I read it. That's mm-hmm. when I saw. It. That's the issue, not Fox News announcing what the Canadian government said they're gonna do.
1: Yeah, yeah, but she said it today because I think is it uh, an honor. He asked, uh, yeah, uh, which other institution, financial institution, that order. Um, like bring in like who need to follow yeah. and she said but the order right. was to all financial institutions yeah. in Canada and so it's kind of shocking
8: yeah so it was for everyone and but then she said we're glad that the need to be used <laughs> she said we, we gave them incentives to leave that's like no no no. that is not what incentives means just like she <laughs> misquoted what banana republic means she's like yeah, accusing we the truckers clip two Let, let's play clip two
1: it's, it's the clip three for the banana republic is it
0: is it three i, I
8: think it was two. Oh, so crazy you have it was two, like you have
0: two and three. if you were watching my live tweeting today i i like i i would just quote her like she said something along the lines of today it, it was like uh yeah ottawa was like a a tinder keg waiting to ex- explode or go out or spark i, I, I was like the array of words, oh no, when she said to lawyer as well, she was like, I'm pretty sure that lawyers think that what I'm saying is very esoteric, so.
8: Yes, I heard that. <laughs> but, but the funniest part was when she gave that weird laugh when the, one um, was it, the Saskatchewan lawyer came on and he's like, I hope that you'll answer my questions as nicely right. as you answer the other <laughs> guy. And she laughed so weirdly.
1: Ugh. I know, I was like, oh, my God, this is like a, a laugh of a witch.
0: Oh, yeah, it was like a crow. <laughs> a crow, crow, crow. All right, uh, let's watch that clip three. Yeah, Banana Brownie Republic.
3: Republic. Yeah. That quote relayed to me really made me realize I had a duty of stewardship. I have a duty. I, I had at that moment a very profound duty to Canadians to stand up for them. Mm-hmm. And I'm surprised that I'm getting emotional, but um, I really felt it. And I felt like, um, you know, the Canadian economy, it could seem like this amorphous thing. Investment, it can seem amorphous. EV incentives, amorphous. But when I heard that, I realized I'm the finance minister, I'm the deputy prime minister. Mm. I have to protect Canadians, I have to protect their well being it's being really, really damaged. So yeah, that was a meaningful conversation for me and that was a very memorable uh, quote and for sure a spur to action. You know, if you
0: didn't, if you didn't have any background information on who Mm -hmm. this individual was at all, you know, you might think listening to that, like this person really takes their job seriously. She just got very emotional. Like, no lady, we'd like for you to take your job more personally. Mm -hmm. We'd like for you to not just sit there and tell me that you're the finance minister, but actually do what's in your job description to do. And it starts with being transparent and being honest. It's I could go on, but when she started to get emotional, just like she did when she was talking about electric electric. car batteries, that was, like, seriously disturbing. Um, (laughs) Yankee, what do you think about this?
8: I I don't know. Like, I'm pretty sure Banana Republics refer to the government again and not to truckers. So I'm not sure. Like, if someone mentioned that they don't want to invest in Canada because it's a Banana Republic, (laughs) look in the mirror. 100%.
0: 100%. You know, That's a direct reflection. <laughs> it might be
8: you. I don't think uh, it was the truckers. You know, and, uh, and there's also, you know, clip seven, I believe, where um, yeah. they basically said, oh, Biden made us do it after yes. they spoke to Biden. That's an Alan honor clip um, of Alan Honor speaking. Do we want to show it, studio? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, we yeah, could do I- that. I absolutely. This one is good, too.
5: Heard that the, that's the CEOs of two major banks contacted you, Canadian banks, I believe. And we also heard that uh, President Biden, who is probably the world's most powerful person, or or near near that, had a telephone call with the Prime Minister.
3: Yes, both and, of those things are true.
5: And that telephone call, it happened on a Friday, and by the Monday, the Emergencies Act was invoked. That's true. Okay, and so I put it to you, Minister that the federal government had to show the USA that they were in control, and that explains why the Emergencies Act was invoked, despite the fact that, for example, the Ambassador Bridge was cleared and open to traffic.
3: No, I, I wouldn't agree with that characterization.
5: Okay, well, I would put it to you that the pressure the government was under explains why the Emergencies Act was invoked despite the fact that a deal had been struck with the protesters in Ottawa to reduce the footprint of the protest in that city.
3: Again, I would disagree with that.
5: Well, let's see if you would, dis- would agree with this. I'd put it to you that there was no meaningful consultation with the provinces, not even advance notice of what the first minister's meeting was about. And that's because the government didn't have time for it, they just had to make a decision about the Emergencies Act because of the tremendous pressure that they were under.
3: Again, I disagree with a great deal of that characterization.
5: One last question for you then, Ms. Freeland. I put it to you that given the, the, the overwhelming situation that the government was facing explains why they were willing to use extraordinary powers against their own people despite the fact that that no police agency or intelligence agency told them that there were threats to the security of Canada?
3: Again, I disagree with many of the premises in that question, and I would be happy to elaborate, but it seems that we're out of time. You would be happy to elaborate. Can can you ask me a question?
8: Can can you ask me a question, uh, Celine? Ask me a question.
0: Okay. um, Thank you. What was your takeaway from that? Uh, what premises did you find I were on agreeable? With
8: the, I disagree with the premise of that question. Seriously, like it's
0: so obvious, like we're getting down to the bone. And by the way, I think that that was a really strong cross by Alan Arner. I think that was one of his best to date, in my opinion, a hundred percent. He did good. Don't don't
1: forget that she offered to provide a link to reflect her child during um, her testimony today. She was like, you know, I cannot... uh, uh, and so the question, but I can provide you a link that really explain what I think. Yeah. Did you, about yeah, did that? you catch
0: oh. that? She was like, she was the premise of this because lady it's, it's the premise, their premises. That's not the right context, yeah. but the premise of what she was trying to say is that. Because she couldn't actually get her words out, that she would like to be able to drop you like a Neuralink, like some oh, Elon man. Musk sounding stuff, and everyone was like, "Did she really just say that? Did she just insinuate
8: <laughs> she, that?" But she also said that she remembered the Terry Fox because she spoke to uh, with her kids, and that's like on Twitter. You go on Twitter, and these these people like, "I just spoke to my two year old," and it's usually memes because the left used to say, "My my kid came home crying about." I don't know abortion or or some other things that kids don't know about. Yeah, like her yeah. kids, really were concerned about Terry Fox. They don't even know who the guy is, most likely. Uh, you know,
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I. Uh, who knows? Uh, stuff like that is. Um, it's interesting to think about, right?
1: Um, I, I want to recall that she actually mentioned too that she saw the entrance measure as a virtual toy truck.
0: Yeah. So um, I, actually suspending people's licenses to this lady was akin to um, producing somewhat toy. of a virtual tow truck.
8: Yeah. yeah. Just the it way that she spoke incentive. today was bewildering. <laughs> it was yeah. an incentive. It was an incentive. She's, That's right. It was an incentive. <laughs> there, there are more clips. I don't know if we could pull them up. It's uh, it's with the Three Stooges uh, led by uh, Katie Telford Um, Mm. they asked about um, US um, um, politicians, there's not a clip but studio, I sent it to you earlier the second clip with a question the first one with a question mark can you Mm -hmm. bring it up? it's about them asking about the former president not naming President Trump obviously and other politicians that disagreed with um, with um, with, well Agree with the truckers, disagree with the Trudeau government,
5: mm-hmm. and
8: yeah. and then there's another clip of Alan Hunter again asking um, a- about um, um, about American politicians sending um, letters to the government and the government, mm-hmm. say, and, and them saying, "Oh, we don't know. We're not sure if we ever sent it to the to the prime minister."
0: Perfect. Let's take a look.
5: This is an email from uh, Deputy Jacques Adam to Deputy Deputy Minister Jacques Adam, to Deputy Minister David Morrison. Uh, I'm not sure if they're both from Global Affairs Canada, but the email sets out U.S. political reactions to Canadian measures. It's dated February the 16th. And if we can just look at item number two here, um, we see that there are different comments. Uh, One of the comments here is, um, Canadian truckers being fired and now targeted as terrorist by your woke government. And it is attributed to a US House of Representatives, uh, a member. And uh, there are other remarks from other politicians, which are uh, somewhat un- uncomplimentary towards our country. Do you know if this document was ever brought to the prime minister's attention? I, c- I don't believe this document would. This looks like an internal document at the Department of Trade. but. Prime Minister, we were all well aware that these views were being expressed by a certain segment in U.S. politics. Okay. Thank you very much.
8: Certain segment. More like 50% or 75% of the U.S.? 100%. 100%. Segment.
0: I mean, it was enough people, 100%, that mm-hmm. as you guys will recall, there was a convoy that was inspired by the original one here in Ottawa that happened in the U.S. We had embedded um, Rebel Zone Jeremy Lafredo as well. You can check out all of his reports. What is the URL, Yankee?
8: It is convoyreports.com. It's the same URL. Well, it's there. You could scroll down. You'll find it.
0: I thought it'd be different because it's like the States. You know, we got to keep it separate, apparently. <laughs>
8: Yeah, but when <laughs> no, we no, at it's, that. it's the same convoy report. We also have the Australian convoy over there, and yeah, and, you exactly,
1: and oh, the farmer oh, rebellion, oh, in farmer
8: in in rebellion.
0: there you That's go,
8: a yeah, world. farmer yeah. rebellion. Oh. Yeah. yeah,
0: but we have again, we've gone through this during the testimonies. I know that you guys have been keeping up; you've seen this for mm-hmm. yourselves. But we have been able to see through all of these different testimonies that. Um, the government believes that now the Canadian flag stands, and maybe that's a broad term, specifically the Liberal Deputy Minister Cabinet's, uh, um ministers and the, the cabinet ministers believe that the Canadian flag has now, um, it's tainted, it's impure, it stands so for it's a symbol for of misogyny. Exactly. And, and of freedom. course it did, because it served as a reminder to the rest of the world as well. Mm-hmm. That's why people fly the Canadian flag when they have their own convoys, again, inspired by the first one that happened here in Ottawa. You know, I I think it's, no. yeah, go ahead, go ahead.
8: I mean, in Hong Kong, when they were protesting for freedom, they were flying American flags. Um, And and usually places where where they're protesting for freedom, they'll they'll have their own country flag for sure, but they'll also have um, American flags to symbolize freedom. Now, they're symbolizing freedom with Canadian flags. That's something that Canadians should be proud of. Instead, she's blaming the truckers into turning Canada into a banana republic. And it's like,
1: <laughs> but you're so twisted. And one of my good moments, like the good moment today, it's when it's Brendan Miller say, mm-hmm. uh, do, Tamar Lich is a terrorist. And so uh, Chrystia Freeland al- already replied, but I'm not the one who de- designate, yeah. who tell who is a terrorist or not. Yeah. And Brendan May- Miller afterwards break her into piece. Yeah. And can we, we show the clip because it's just, it's just the perfect moment because she say, oh, but it's not me who decide I have nothing to do with that. I'm. I'm. Uh, I would. I'm not a professional for doing that. And
3: this, it is.
4: Is Tamara Leach a terrorist?
3: It, <laughs> Boom. Outright. In terms of designating who is a terrorist and who isn't, that is not my job as Minister of Finance or Deputy Prime Minister. Okay. We have authorities whose job is to do that. Right.
4: And so it's not your authority to designate Tamara Lee's Chris Barber, Tom Morazzo, or Danny Bold for terrorists. That's, somebody else has to do that.
3: Yes, we have, we have intelligence services. We have enforcement agencies whose job is to determine who is a terrorist.
4: Okay. And there you say that you need to designate the group as terrorists. So, But it's not your job, but you wanted to designate them as terrorists, right?
3: So that handwritten note in my notebook, I can assure you that was not a meeting with the director of CSIS, That's, with whom I didn't have a meeting.
4: It says, it's, OK, it's uh, it's with David Vignon from CSIS.
3: It doesn't say that. It says it's with a gentleman called Dave. Which Dave? That meeting, that. Is not an account of which a Dave? meeting with Dave Vigneault because which, I didn't which have a meeting with those notes, the thesis
4: Director. Which Dave is in those notes? What's Dave's last name?
3: I need to see my whole notebook that you're referring to, but I can tell you for it only certain. Says Dave. I, I can tell you for certain that I did not have a meeting during this time with the Ceases Director. Okay, so I can exclude that hundred percent.
8: Rumors so- are. <laughs> It's Dave Shrigley, our uh, web editor. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> uh, and, Goodness. But, uh, but yeah, it's not. It's, it's, it can be him. It's not him. It's some other guy. We don't know who, but it's, it's some just, other guy. Yeah, but just-
1: I'm sorry, but for something as important as we need to call or to name them as terrorists, yeah. I'm sorry, I will recall who is that day. Yeah. I think it's,
8: also, it's just, it's really she crazy. She,
0: I just want to add, you know, Miller time every single day. I think people are just sitting on the edges of their chairs waiting for this because it's the first time. And he goes first now, by the way, obviously he didn't before, but now he does. I think it's just like, <laughs> it's like soul reviving for all the councils. So they're probably just like, please go next, please go first. Cause we can't, but I love how he walks her into it. He starts by, you know, asking, do you think that these people are terrorists? Do you? Oh well, no. It's not my job to delegate those sort of terms, but you got someone for it, um, and, and allegedly <laughs> that is the yeah. What Dave? What else? What other Dave could it be beside David Vignol, the director of CSIS? Mm-hmm. Please.
8: Well, well, at least she didn't go with the route. Oh, it was a joke. We didn't mean to actually bring tanks. It was a joke. She could have gone <laughs> the joke line um, about I bringing tanks. This. <laughs> one will do, you know, we just need one to scare people. maybe a few shells we didn't put that part. but you know maybe may, maybe we'll bring a tank, show them we mean business, and they'll run away. Maybe that's another incentive
1: and this is the problem with uh, hand readact like uh, hand writing. Paper notes. Yeah. You know, you can write whatever you want. It's just like all over the place. And some people like, have you seen how hard it is to read what it is on the paper? Like, it's chicken scratch. Yeah. (laughs) But it's worse than chicken scratch. And this is why people do that because after afterwards, like it's really difficult to read. So for the people, if it you bring these uh, paper on court, Mm -hmm. everybody would be like, what is what is on the paper?
0: Can you imagine being <laughs> that confident that you just write things like that down and you just think like my hands are clean. No one's ever going to look at this. Mm-hmm. No one will yeah, ever well, ask me about what I have written on this note in front of me. Yeah.
8: But you know another thing what you need to remember is like I've been in meetings that have um, you know written notes of bullet points not every point that gets made enters mm-hmm. into the in, enters into these bullet point um, things. It's only the most important quote-unquote things. So it's like, what did they skip? What didn't they even put into these notes? What did That's they say? That they were like, don't even mention it. Don't even write it down. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to know.
0: No, yeah, the, the speculation around that is actually scary because if, I mean, again, it's like when we see uh, you posted this on your Twitter, uh, you screen recorded yeah. an entire to, segue of documents. I don't know if you can show that, but I think yeah. uh, it's, um, I, I think it was sent there. It's yeah. it's a link to Alexa's Twitter. And it's, yeah. it's exactly Look, that. This. Watch as we scroll. There are entire, <laughs> like totally redacted. What is on there? I understand cabinet confidentiality. Like I get it. But in this case, yeah. as we just saw from Miller's cross that Eva Chipiak broke down, I'm not so sh- so certain that all of that is exactly necessary. So I'm hoping that, um, that Rulo actually makes a ruling mm-hmm. so that this can be taken and we can actually yeah. have a final, like what is going to come out at the end of this? Because I like, was looking is... right now. Yeah. I'm going to ask you that for our last question before we end this, lime stream, this live stream, Yankee, what do you think the outcome is going yeah. to be from all of this, from what we've seen. Tomorrow mm-hmm. is the last
8: day. Trudeau is testifying.
0: What's going to happen?
8: So, so what I, I I see three outcomes. Right, one, mm-hmm. um, Rulo comes out and says um, Trudeau was wrong, no mm-hmm. question about it. I doubt that will happen. Two, I see an option which I think will happen. Rulo will say. You know, the the rules weren't that clear. Um that's why I think he was allowed to do it, although we should fix it for the Mm -hmm. future. Here's like a row of recommendations that you should fix and move on in life. That's what I think will happen. Third could be Rulo saying, um, I think it was justified, but I can't tell you well, there's actually four. I think it was justified, and here are the few reasons. And in in the fourth could be um here's why it, it's justified but I can't tell you why because all of the redact it's in the redacted parts where it's actually justified so screw God. you um nobody knows so these are the four options what i think will happen is a few recommendations and saying trudeau wasn't 100% wrong but he was a bit wrong and just whitewash it that's what i think will happen i might be wrong though what do you guys
1: in the same time, in one of the message, uh, I don't know if it's like received by uh, Marco El Mendicino or is the one that was sending it, mm-hmm. but they actually say before the emergency that that the police have all the power mm-hmm. and tool. That's right. To dismantle the blockade. So why they when they had not the same tool for Ottawa when the blockade was act- even worse than in Ottawa where peaceful family was just hanging out
8: all together. Uh, I, I don't know. I've been to a few protests in my life in Montreal. Alexa knows that. They never needed an <laughs> emergency act to, to bash you over the head or... or Those were crazy. Air gas. They did it Those anyway. Those were crazy. So the emergency, I, I personally don't think emergency act was needed or necessary. But if you ask me how... I think he's gonna rule. That's what I think. Do I think it was necessary? Absolutely not. But if you ask me what I think will happen, knowing government, seeing how the system goes, that's what I think will happen.
0: Yeah. And I, and I think that Rulo's kind of already, he's already hinted to that, you know, today he made a comment because when Brendan Miller was mentioning the fact that these things had been on, let's say unlawfully redacted, that, that things are not going according to how the submission is, this commission is supposed to actually be conducted. Rulo said in his ending comment that, you know, in his experience in the last 20 years that he's been affiliated with being a lawyer or being in courts, et cetera, Mm -hmm. that usually it's not, it's not easy. Like the court, court proceedings in general, it's not easy working with the government it's not easy it was inferred that way um yeah i think that's one of two options
8: well well, look at doug ford the the judge said you should go but i can't force you because um yes cabinet confidentiality and 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 that's what happened you couldn't do anything the judge said you should go but i can't make you go and i think the same is with these government documents it's like it's, it's you should re- unredact them, but, you know, I can't really force you.
0: Yeah, it's like at this point, yeah. no, because yeah. it was the federal government's job in the first place to be able to collect every facet of the truth, right? Like mean, when you have it within the scope of the federal lens.
8: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. what I, I, I'm in a lawsuit with the Montreal police right now. I don't, I don't want to go into much detail, but we do have mm. a documentary coming. And, and, and in that, we got to disclose a lot of things. They want to know things that they know. They have, yeah. like, they want correspondence that I had with the Montreal police, and I have to provide them, although they have them because I emailed them. They're like, no, 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 we want them from you. We want to see if your yeah. records match our records. They want to find anything they can, right? Mm-hmm. So, but here with the government, they, you know, they're just like, oh, we can't show you. Bye.
1: Yeah. No, it's crazy. But, by the way, what mm-hmm. do you think that all this will end up like what will come out of all this commission
0: um yeah you know it's so scary when people ask me this because i i don't want to like project my own thoughts and feelings and you know some people come up to me even in the, in the commission room and they're like you know we're, we got this or they're like oh this is really damning like there's no way that you know trudeau is gonna mm-hmm. you know he's just gonna get a slap on the wrist and mm-hmm. and i think that both points are valid. Yankee, you have four options. I'm just going to narrow mine down to two and say that uh, <laughs> my first um, first option that I think is going to happen, I actually think that he's going to say that it was unnecessary. Um, I-, I think I didn't have that opinion before the start of this week. But seeing the cabinet ministers testify has been extremely damning. And I don't know how anyone, regardless of your political standpoint or how you thought about the convoy, I don't think anyone could turn on that commission, watch it, and not be absolutely blown away by the conduct or lack thereof um, in which the ministers have been portraying themselves. The things that they're saying or not saying their behavior is ridiculous. And it points to a very big issue that we have in Canada. So just simply on their... (sighs) And they're bad acting. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're not getting enough um, personal drama lessons from uh, Prime Minister Trudeau over there, that's for sure. That was your first one, but your second one. Oh, yes, number two. (laughs) Number two, it's a sham, and it's a setup, and he's going to be like, don't do that again. That was kind of bad, but Mm -hmm. I understand why you needed it. But no more. Uh, You know, go for your timeout. The
5: stupidest?
0: Go ahead,
8: I want uh, to say who the stupidest person so far was, but you, you go ahead now. <laughs> I'll, 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 from the Trudeau, of i excited though. to hear that.
1: Yeah, I, I would just bring my only concern at this moment is the lack of media coverage. Mm. More you have coverage of the commission, more that put pressure and more you show evidence. Now what we see is like a really big lack. And so people is, are forgetting that you have a commission that is happening right now. And it seems that nobody cares because nobody cares because they are not going to internet and watch it online. They are waiting that the media bring that to their television. Mm -hmm. That is not what is happening. And I see it, especially in Quebec, the mainstream media, they almost like they will bring it like in the corner, like uh, really fast and i have the impression that i don't know if it's a tactic that nobody really get interested into the commission Mm -hmm. but i think this will do the fact that no pressure uh, from the media so at the end of the day you know media is it's the first power in 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 a democracy because it can bring to change every decision yeah and and now i have just the impression that just because of that maybe we will not
0: see what we are expecting from yeah. the commission and just to play off of your point yankee if i um i would olivia if we could play one last clip i just want to oh show God. you <laughs> me too brother me too alberta's calling <laughs> but i want to i want to show a clip of the questions that I asked to Christian Freeland that did not get answered because of this is the, this is exactly, I'm building off of exa- exactly what you just said. Media coverage, yes, and we need that. But mm-hmm. we also need politicians that will answer questions from their constituents. Yeah. That's what we need, and they're not doing it. Let's roll that clip if it's ready. Miss Freeland, in hindsight, was it worth invoking the Emergencies Act to trample on the rights and freedoms of fellow Canadians? Was it worth invoking the Emergencies Act, ma'am, to trample on the rights and freedoms of Canadians? Do you have a comment on that, ma'am? And then you hear, you can hear William at the end. He's like, why did you call them terrorists? So yeah, I mean, she, you know, I also asked her if she would resign, if she would commit to resigning mean, the yeah, invocation, with, of the emergency. Like, well, yeah, you know, it's um. But I my fair. yeah,
1: my question was related to yeah, if she, she was aware that a woman had been trampled by a horse during the yeah. dismantlement in Ottawa. It just
8: didn't happen. Because the person,
1: <laughs> Candice, was there today. I know, I know. And in the commission, yeah. the one that she had been trampled by a horse, seeing Chrystia Freeland trying to defend the action that was put in place during these two days. So she see that Chrystia Freeland, she actually agree that it's good that she was trampled by a horse.
8: Yeah. You see, I'll tell you what actually happened because I um, I, I was watching Ottawa Police's Twitter account. What actually happened was a uh, person took a bike and threw it to, on a horse. I, I saw it on their Twitter account. I believe it's still on there. But uh, I'm obviously joking. But that yeah, was, like, wh- was like I was like, when it happened, when it happened, you you guys were in, the, well, Celine wasn't, you were probably in Coots or somewhere. Coots, it, Coots uh, Alexa yeah. Alexa was uh, busy filming. I was busy monitoring social media. I was home. And what they said at the time was, that that uh, a protester threw a bike at a police horse and uh, a thing happened. and then the video <laughs> oh,
5: exactly
8: yeah, it, no, it was a woman <laughs> in a walker being trampled by cops. That's what actually happened. And I don't yeah. think they ever corrected that record.
0: Probably not, but and you know, it's like it it's bad if it happens to anybody. It's it's inexcusable. But it was an older woman. Holding a walker mm-hmm. for support, yep. like sh- like she had something to actually help her yep. physically stand, and that was the person that was trampled. In yep. addition to another one, L- take a look for yourself. I mean, it's really shocking to see. Um, I've seen the clip so many times, and it, there's honestly, there's it's almost like I I, I just want to be numb to it. Mm-hmm. I want to disconnect from the fact that that took place in my in my in my country. I was in the city.
1: She's lucky and, yeah, we are
0: in the city. Absolutely. And, and you know
1: what? What is more shocking is like the SIU, did dropped the um, investigation because they say that the injury was not enough like, right. serious.
8: Yeah. She, try try she, doing it the other way around and tell me how not serious it was. Of course, yeah. it's serious. It's assault.
2: 100%.
8: It is.
1: So, all oh, you can end this kind of investigation okay, maybe the injury was not, she, she's not been killed, she wasn't yeah. like yeah, lost one of her member of the, her body. Yeah, But, but the piece, the uh, like uh, the trauma after and, yeah. and, and 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 she told me that she was really in pain when I saw her. And, and she had like uh, the harm, I don't know how you say it. it like she a, was in
8: a sling. This she would have been in
0: a sling and a cast probably if her arm I mean, was up like wasn't. that. Yeah
8: seriously injured but the way they did it if the horse's foot would have hit somewhere else could have been a different outcome just because 100%. she wasn't ser- seriously injured doesn't mean that what they did was wrong they they pulled a move that could have killed her 100% exactly. the other guy that was never identified
0: Uh yeah that's, that's kind that of scary. Is really weird like <laughs> that's kind of scary though at the same time like i'm not i'm not assuming obviously that he died or it was actually just, that severe but no no
1: still, Maybe I, you know? someone who didn't want it to be public and they just disappeared.
8: and fair enough I I think that's, that's fair. what happened yeah it, it, it's one of two things i i, I believe it was someone who didn't want to be identified either because he didn't want to lose his job or be known that he was there or he Good was point, an yeah. undercover cop and he just brushed can it off can you up.
0: imagine honestly it's just karma or- though just <laughs> karma they're like go I, in there I, infiltrate I, that crowd I, and he's like are those the horses <laughs> sorry yeah, that's so like I, you know but seriously, <laughs> I, I, believe <laughs> but seriously.
8: Someone did, I believe it was someone that did not want to be identified and mm-hmm. and the government mm-hmm. didn't want to like say oh is this guy because the government didn't want to even uh, acknowledge that this whole thing happened so yeah. it yeah. just went away from from both ends i i believe and most likely yeah. it was just a private citizen but who knows? Yeah. But I believe he just went away. Yeah. Oh, Probably. To it's what back. I think too. The stupidest person in the I don't know if in the cabinet, but the stupidest person Tell, to us, us, far tell us how so you really feel. <laughs> is Omar Al Gabra.
0: Oh yeah. I, yeah I was <laughs> in that there. is not the brains behind this master plan. That is very apparent. This man just I, I saw uh, um, a lawyer for the JCCF. His face when Omar was just going on and on and literally just quoting irrelevant things, spewing irrelevant facts, and and being very blasé as if he was like, "I'm the man right now. Listen to my little press conference. Yeah. This is great." The lawyer was eating it up. Yeah. It was crazy. I know. Yeah.
8: Well, well, this. The, I also think he made the the stupidest comment from anyone. You know, Freeland got himself out herself out from answering questions, and others did as well. You know, you go around, you don't answer. They're used to it, but he messed up, <laughs> and he said it was yesterday. It was I, I? I clipped that one video. I've clipped a handful of videos. The rest was Maurizio clipping all of the videos that you have seen, almost all of them. There's Efron a few, everyone, but it's Maurizio been yeah. And, and and he he had, he had been busy, so I did that one. It was the the one where he said basically that all the the mandates caused all the economic issues. Not he didn't say it was COVID. He said the COVID mandates caused all the issues that happened, and I think that that is the truth. But him admitting it makes him the stupidest person. Of
0: course, and you know, and we. Wow. Shocker. Right. Yeah. Shocker. It's like, it's like when they talk about the, like specifically, yes, yeah. like his department transport, a uh, minister mm-hmm. of transportation, when they talk about the real human impacts that those five, six trucks had parked beside the border, and then they negate to actually bring up the real human impacts from the last two years. It's exactly that. Yeah. And he admits yeah. it because they know it too.
8: They know yeah. it. Yeah. So, so it's like they keep talking about blockades that were there for two, three days. by, Windsor was a week, right? And and, and yeah. they keep blaming Windsor of, uh, you know, it was it was millions of dollars. That's why we had to clean up Ottawa because Windsor, but Windsor was already cleaned up by the time they involved the emergency. Yeah, so nothing yeah. adds up, right? Yeah, and it it's just like this circle that keep going. And it's like you guys lock down, and, and, and that goes to former um, Ottawa um, mayor as well. You guys log the city down, log the province mm-hmm. down, log the country down, and you and you think it's like oh it's just okay, like people can't protest, they're like terrorists if they protest. Yeah. Like you actually log the, the place down and it's just ridiculous that they think that, oh, um, the protest that didn't really lock anything down, just was uncomfortable for a lot of people, was the worst yeah. thing to yeah. ever happen.
1: But it brings us also the the fact that the convoy was stopping the economy downtown because all the shops were closed and people kept, were not capable to go and work. Yeah. Uh, but in fact, that most of the places that stayed open...
0: At the best time of their life, <laughs> oh, yes, hundred percent. And they even—I know a couple of them came out and publicly declared um, that uh, you know, from living through the two years and those actual uh, economic impacts from COVID, that keeping themselves open during the time of the convoy mm-hmm. gave them gave them yeah. monetary funds that they not they had not seen in one month that yeah. they had not had not seen in, in a, a year, year or my, more. Yeah, someone say like yeah. I I did I make. What I was doing in a year in one month?
1: No, three weeks. Yeah, not even. Yeah.
8: Alberta uh-huh. also said yesterday he didn't think he'll ever see curfews and lockdowns in Canada, and it did happen. So that's why it it, it was normal for him to do other lockdowns because he saw other people I mean, doing lockdowns. And it's I'm like- sorry. Maybe. Curfew, were wrong.
1: Quebec, Quebec curfew, curfew, curfew. <laughs> you cannot Don't complain about me. it.
8: Oh, uh, you, you
0: can, me. but she cannot complain I mean, about I'm curfew. I'm so <laughs> glad. Yeah, like I. Well, there's I curfews. I was running around though. I need to though.
1: remember to people that will receive an. <laughs> Amber Alert on the 31 of January to tell us that uh, we were not allowed to get out of our home after 10 p.m. Or we'll have like a big fine of $1,550. <laughs>
8: well, and I, I mentioned briefly earlier about it. If you're not aware of what the curfew was, we are doing a documentary. Mocha is working on it. And we are suing, uh, by we, I mean the uh, Rebel News. And a bunch of us are in the lawsuit about what they, when we were covering the curfew, they kept on uh harassing us and assaulting us, but mm-hmm. and, and among other things. Uh, and, and, and
1: ticket, ticket, yeah. because I, ju- I uh, just well, received another one. You just received general. another one? It's I have a crazy. ticket
8: book here. <laughs> Let me grab it. It's a binder. <laughs> I uh, you. I just, yeah, I we see cannot it. see. A, oh, yeah. It's a, it's a binder, right? Uh, oh it's most
0: impressive it's, yeah it is. There, there's it's most impressive there's
8: 15 uh 16 tickets i believe in total i received about fifteen thousand dollars. we we're fighting more, them is, all.
1: Coming. more is coming
8: more <laughs> we're oh, fighting guys. them all but we're also suing uh, and, and the documentary right. will be out soon and if you want to see these reports um go to i believe it's uh com, where you could see yep. all the all the reports and the documentary will be out soon. Rebelnews.com, somewhere over there, you'll be able to see it. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be amazing. Well, hard to watch for myself even uh, because I gotta relive the the, the BS of um, that and, and 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 thinking Canada's officially a free country. She talks about yeah. banana republics. Make her watch that documentary, and then she get.
0: Yeah. Well, you want to see Banana Republic? We're gonna show you it. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah we have a lot of, You're of gonna show uh, you footage it. for you
1: yeah, we're show gonna you.
8: show you uh,
0: hey exactly there you go and Before I
8: leave, we, gotta, <laughs> shirt. we gotta talk about this shirt can you
1: see yeah it? oh you can it's have it for christmas you, you can, can buy two
0: and get christmas. one for free yeah yeah with the code christmas and go to yeah go to rebelnewstore.com and you can get a two-for-one deal there you go and for you christmas can you can have it for christmas folks
8: this hat Oof. is a, it's called a trucker hat, I believe. It's, ah, if I take it off, you can't see it. It's oh, that's nice. The I back. didn't
0: see
1: that one. This is it's a, a new hat. Actually, yeah.
8: it's only in the store for one week. Uh, it's been in the store for only one week. Um, The trucker hat that says Rebel, it's uh, a bit of a different hat. There's also this uh, one. Ah, come on. Oh, yeah, I like this that one, one as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This yeah. one is more of a softer hat. You could get like the trucker hat is a bit harder and or the softer <laughs> hat, whichever fits your head better.
1: But yeah. I really like the shirt that you are wearing because I have, yeah. I have it, and I love walking with it because a lot of people react, and it's yeah. just like
8: oh, they love.
1: Was- or some people are not they sure, like. That. Huh? It's a big shocker,
0: I, but it's definitely I a at, crowd uh,
8: favorite. I, I was wearing it at Clearwater Beach a, a few months ago, and this one guy came over to me. He's like, fizz bump." He's like, yeah, that shirt. <laughs> so, like, he, people see. And I go I go out, and, and I live in Florida, right? And I go to places, and people look at it. They're like, they know. Some some people don't, but others, they're like, Trudeau Castro, they know. And, and this is in Florida. So, you know, and especially in Canada uh-huh. people will know what this is 100 so, well yeah. you guys
0: it's late it's been a very long day we heard some incredible oh, incredible and very very riveting testimonies today but before we go i'm told that we have a chat if we want to put that up on the screen and then we can take a look it is from hedgehog v2 it's for ten dollars thank you very much it says support news that i trust thank you for your support thank That's you amazing thank you. we appreciate you and your support and yeah we have i mean literally tomorrow's the last day can you believe it at least for the testimonies
1: I'm i
8: guess.
0: i'm yeah. going I'm to meet forward. my best friend justin trudeau
1: ladies Sam and trudeau. gentlemen i'm sure
8: i <laughs> tr- nice met trudeau once in my life in 2015 two days before Maybe three days before the election, and I was young and almost mm-hmm. dumb, but I did not vote for him. <laughs> uh, but he did put his hand around me, and that was super creepy. I did not as like long, that. As
0: yeah. long as you were almost dumb, you you're. Fine. I was not. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You're almost dumb. But
1: I love talking to him in French because I know he understands me. Mm-hmm. Uh, today with Christy Afreen, I was uh, actually afraid that she's she French was like or well, Ukrainian. She's, no, but I'm. I, I, yeah but i'm not sure she will really understand me so it's why i use english but i was a little bit regretting afterwards because i'm more fast on my question mm-hmm. in french but tomorrow sure. with just trudeau eh, it would have my french uh, yeah. version let's, we gotta rest up what happens.
0: we gotta rest let's up we'll be up. live yeah. tweeting Picture. yeah exactly but before you can go and you can watch alexa's live tweeting what's your twitter handle it's uh at the voice alexa and mine is Celine S E L E N E, not like D- Dion C X L I V. So Celine C X L I V. It is very complicated go to the I voice.
8: I will, I will not be live tweeting, but I am on Twitter. But go and and since I'm social media manager at Rebel, go and subscribe to all our social media accounts. Just go find them, sign up, so you could see, never miss an update. Yes. Yes. Well,
0: there you have it, folks. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. Thank you for your support. And as David Menzies likes to say, stay
3: stay sane. I have to say that I disagree with the premise of the question. I think Canada is a very transparent democracy. And in fact, the commission that we're part of right now is a part of Canadian transparency. Right, That's that's why it's important. And on that
4: point, if I told you that there is a whole bunch of unlawfully redacted documents that we've been fighting over and we're waiting for an order just to get them today and we haven't had them for this whole proceeding, do you think that's transparent?
3: Again, and with apologies, I can't agree with the premise of the question. I think that... But what I can say is... I think that the fact that this commission exists, that these hearings are being held, that they're public, is really important for Canada and is a measure of Canadian transparency.